Hi there, and welcome to the North County Beat. This is a podcast from the Coast News Group that airs every other Friday. My name is Kelly Kyle. I produce and host this podcast to keep you connected to local news and events and to go a little bit deeper on big local issues when we can. So today we want to get things started right away with some of the top stories happening in the North County area. So you know that mural on the side of Lucadia Pizzeria in Encinitas, the one that has the Virgin Mary on the surfboard and she's praying? Well, there's some drama over that right now following a clerical error by the city of Encinitas. This is according to Bob Nichols. He's the CEO of the Surfing Madonna Oceans Project, or SMOP for short. They own the rights to the mosaic as well as the Surfing Madonna Beach Run. The nonprofit says it was overcharged for its lifeguard fees by $5,000 back in October. However, the city claims the error was caught and rectified prior to billing the nonprofit. SMOP, which canceled the 2020 Surfing Madonna Beach run in response, disputes how the city handled the overcharge, claiming the organization had to hire an attorney before they were properly reimbursed. SMOP eventually requested for the run to be reinstated, but the city denied this, claiming the cancellation had already been processed. SMOP has now asked the city to remove the beach run and an upcoming 2021 half marathon from the city's calendar of events. The group, which has donated at least $600,000 to dozens of charitable causes, says the Surfing Madonna Mosaic, which was installed back in 2011, will also be removed from the side of Lucadia Pizzeria. The Encinitas City Council is set to discuss this issue at a meeting on February 12th. More from Encinitas today. The future of the former Pacific View Elementary School is back up for discussion. The school closed its doors back in 2003, and the site, which is pretty close to the beach, has been left unused ever since. In 2014, the city of Encinitas purchased the property for $10 million from the Encinitas Union School District, and they had plans to turn it into an arts, culture, and ecology center. At that time, they selected the Encinitas Arts, Culture, and Ecology Alliance to oversee the transformation of the site. Now, the EACEA says it needs more help from the city to get things going. During a special meeting on January 29th, the group told the Encinitas City Council that it would like to change their arrangement with the city from an exclusive negotiating agreement to a memorandum of understanding. In other words, the group wants more financial help, specifically when it comes to insurance costs and permit-related expenses. Since 2014, the group has raised over $500,000 for this project. The council said it is open to exploring more of a collaboration with the EACEA once they get some more information on how much it'll cost them. They agreed to extend the current negotiating agreement for 90 days past the current expiration date of March 9th. Coronavirus continues to dominate the headlines. Just this week, 167 American evacuees were taken from China to the Miramar Marine Corps Air Station. Four showed symptoms of the virus, but there are no confirmed cases in this area yet. Here in North County, Carlsbad has released a few best practices to help people avoid sickness in the middle of this global concern. They recommend that residents wash their hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds, avoid touching your eyes, your nose, your mouth, stay home when you're sick, and other common tips for staying healthy. To date, the coronavirus has affected more than 25,000 people worldwide, with just 12 confirmed cases in the U.S., two of which are in L.A. and Orange counties. We should note that the CDC has also reported 13 million cases of the flu this season and 6,600 related deaths. 
So basically, just stay healthy out there. Similar to an actual volleyball game, there has been a lot of back and forth over who should run the courts on the Carlsbad State beaches. Recently, California State Parks canceled their request for new groups to submit proposals to operate the beach volleyball courts. Right now, the courts at Warm Water and Frizzy Beach are operated by the Carlsbad Village Athletic Club, and the State Park Special Events Office operates the ones at South Ponto. But a 2018 audit showed that CVAC had made some pretty serious financial errors, but they say they were not malicious. If State Parks reopens the process to find new management for the courts, the city of Carlsbad has said that they will toss their hat in the ring. TBD on when that may happen. Cal State San Marcos students are helping the city of San Marcos get some dirt on the local parks. Each semester, geography students at the college pair up with the city to address an important issue. This semester, they're looking at the parks, and they're helping create a citywide survey that will gauge what's going well versus what needs improvement. It's all a part of an effort to provide the students with a hands-on experience in civic engagement, local government, and geography. If you're in San Marcos, look out for that survey throughout the month. The students will be conducting some in person, but the questionnaire will also be available online. Now here's a fun local event happening this weekend. The Cardiff Cook Valentine's Run is coming up on Sunday, February 9th. Now, this run is a pretty big deal here at the Coast News. In fact, if you want to participate, we've even got a discount code that can save you 40% when you register online. Use the code SECRET40. So remember that one. It's SECRET40. And you can enter that at the checkout when you're signing up for the race online to save some money on registration. The theme this year is all about love, so that's just going to be so much fun right before Valentine's Day to get outside, get moving, bring a friend, bring someone you love, so you'll want to make sure you check that out. But speaking of the Cardiff kook, this event got me thinking. Who is that little metal guy on the surfboard at Chesterfield and Highway 101? And why did he cause such a stir among some residents when he went up back in 2005? So a lot of us may know parts of the story, but I figured it would be fun to get a bit of an overview. So I put these questions to Susan Hayes. She was on the committee that chose this particular statue, and she even just wrote a bit about the kook's history for an upcoming Encinitas history book. I was one of the members of the Cardiff Chamber of Commerce that uh, chose to have a sculpture created for the community. And the statue obviously wasn't always called the Cardiff Kook. So before we get to that, can you give me the brief origin of Magic Carpet Ride? The artist, Matthew Antethovich, considered um, surfing like a Magic Carpet Ride. Yeah. So that's why he chose the name. Why was the statue erected or created? It was created because um, members of the chamber thought that Cardiff needed some community art. So we had, we had a call for artists, and there were a number of artists that uh, sent us their work, and through elimination, we chose Matthew Antithovich. We know the statue today as the Cardiff Kook. I understand it's, it's got an interesting history there. So why is it known as that? First of all, they thought it looked very kooky. They were uh, many people, um, especially the Lucadia blog, was very uh, offended by his pose. And they chose to, later people chose to believe it was just a young artist, a young a surfer learning to surf. So kook. 
I understand that the Cardiff kook, quote unquote, is always wearing something fun. More recently, it's happy birthday, whomever, or, you know, will you marry me? They're doing various things. So some of the best, I think probably the last best was um, an octopus wrapped around the the kook. And it was excellent. It was a beautiful piece of art, actually, (laughs) and amusing. Some of them, uh, they've been some wonderful pieces. Uh, One of the first pieces was a shark, and that even made the New York Times. So somebody dressed it up. Yes, yes. Oh, so it was an installation, more of a big art installation. So there, there have been a number of very fine installations, art installations. I mean, I know that at first the Cardiff Kook was met with a little bit of backlash because people didn't think... More than a little bit. Yeah, what was that (laughs) A whole lot. Well, it was, some of it was hurtful. So they were saying unkind things. So we challenged them to build their own sculpture. So as you can see, there is not another sculpture there. Yeah. So this is uh, 13 years ago. The sculpture's been there 13 years. And no one has come forward to build the perfect surfer sculpture. So and anyway, and people have accepted the sculpture. The community has changed quite a bit. So there's lots of younger people here, younger families. And I think they look forward to putting happy birthday for their child on that sculpture. And I think it's just accepted. You know, people don't poo-poo it like they used to. Some great stuff there from Cardiff resident Susan Hayes. Hope you learned a thing or two about the history of that Cardiff kook, whether he's famous or infamous to you. As always, you can learn more about these headlines, get more top stories, all of the things going on at our website, thecoastnews.com. Also remember, our print edition is out every Friday, so go ahead, pick that up for more great stuff. Now, before we move on, this week on the North County Beat, we actually want to shout out all of the amazing local businesses and organizations that are here in our area supporting great hyperlocal journalism. If you're a business owner who loves the Coast News and you want to take your support to the next level, consider sponsoring this podcast and we can continue to keep our community engaged and informed through this awesome medium. To learn more about how you can get your business or event involved, email the North County Beat. That email address is northcountybeat at coastnewsgroup.com. Again, northcountybeat at coastnewsgroup.com. With early voting ballots already out and about, people are starting to make some big decisions on issues coming up in that March 3rd election. One of these issues is ballot measure G in the city of Del Mar. The vote will determine a zoning change that would allow for the development of the Marisol Resort Project on part of Del Mar's North Bluff near the Solana Beach border. Residents have a lot to say about this vote, both in favor and against. What you're hearing is a protest from a few Saturdays ago from a group advocating for no on Measure G. Both Delmar and Solana Beach residents stood on the corner of Highway 101 and Border Avenue, waving signs, shaking mini maracas, and cheering at passing cars that honked in agreement with their signs. If this community is ruined by this project, a lot of people are going to be stuck here dealing with the realities of what this project will bring. That's Solana Beach resident Spencer Gobar, an organizer with the grassroots group Save Our Bluffs that helped arrange the protest in front of the proposed project site. 
Opponents of G in both Solana Beach and Del Mar say that Marisol would increase traffic, obstruct neighbors' ocean views, and pave the way for more big development on the coast. With all that in mind, Gobar and other residents just don't see a resort as a good community fit for the spot. If it's the current uh, zoning, I'm fine with that. I, I would view that as a win because at least it's not setting the precedent within the community that a development of this nature and an upzoning of this nature is allowed. So what will this initiative look like? According to the Marisol Specific Plan Initiative, which was put forward by the Encinitas-based building firms Zephyr and the Robert Green Company, the property would take up about 16 and a half acres of land between Border Avenue and the North Bluff Preserve Trails. The hotel will stand 46 feet high and comprise 65 hotel guest rooms, 31 villas, 22 affordable housing units, and 10 spaces for public restaurants and visitor areas, which will also include off-street parking. Ryan Harrell, Zephyr's senior VP and the Marisol project lead, says his team arrived at the current design by way of community feedback so that whatever they created, they could integrate it smoothly into the area. We knew that going into it, that that is the Del Mar way. It's very important to the residents and the citizens of Del Mar. And that is why this initiative is just for the adoption of the specific plan, not the adoption of a project. Randy Gruber owns Americana Restaurant in Del Mar. He's been a resident for nearly 20 years, and as a supporter of G, he sees the Marisol project as a welcome opportunity. As far as impact, I think the retail and the restaurants in that area will benefit. I think it's going to attract very high-end people that will want to branch out from the resort and visit the local town. And I think it would be a great positive thing. It's going to create a lot of sales tax revenue. But in neighboring Solana Beach, there would be no sales tax or revenue. Instead, resident Carla Hayes expects just an increase in traffic and some obstructed views. For the Solana Beach people, of course, we get all the impact and we get none of the benefits. Now, the developers have said that should this project move forward with the new zoning, they will be required to improve the surrounding intersections. So those intersections that are currently operating at an F or a failing grade would need to be improved significantly. So as for the views, there will be several properties impacted, which isn't great news for those homeowners. Until the Marisol initiative is officially adopted, Zephyr cannot put up story poles marking the height since it isn't an actual project yet. That won't happen unless Measure G is passed. Zephyr did put site poles up at that location before, but that was for a different, bigger project that did not require a zoning change vote for approval. Following tremendous community concern, those plans got redesigned. Here's Harold again. We come at it that we need to earn uh, people's trust in what we're proposing, and so that's why we spend a lot of time talking to the community. So what's it like up on that vacant bluff property on the other side of that chain link fence? The owners have their RV up here. A team member with Marisol showed me around one of the empty lots on the bluff that Zephyr would build on. It is really pretty. <laughs> it's like a really nice view. Yeah, so this is the center property. If Measure G gets passed, this would be part of the resort. If it doesn't, Zephyr is already approved to build mansions under the current zoning, no more than 14 feet high. The site really is a natural beauty. 
all of the bluffs up and down the coastline are. That's why preserving public access has been so important in this conversation. Marisol's marketing highlights public access to the bluffs by way of a trail that they're building along the perimeter. The northern bluff of Delmar, most of the property is closed off completely, but the Marisol project is proposing public access for all. The truth is, no matter what gets built up there, city code requires that it be publicly accessible. There are also already a few trails up here with the James Scripps Bluff Preserve and a tiny path near Border Avenue. I walked them both. They're nothing fancy, and they can be hard to find if you don't know what you're looking for, but those trails are there. So another big topic surrounding any bluff development is the environmental impact. The Marisol-specific plan initiative states that the project prioritizes sustainability and even protects and preserves the bluffs. Still, I wanted to ask Carol something about that. If we're experiencing this erosion, does that mean in like 80 years some stuff won't be here? Looking at about 100 years worth of data, uh, the bluff has been eroding at about an average of two inches a year, 0.17 feet. Uh, and so one, we believe that we're going to slow down that impact. But in when we've plotted out our building setbacks, We've taken into a fact not only will the bluff continue to erode at two inches of feet, but it will be accelerated by climate change. So our closest building corner to the bluff is about 70 feet, but most of the building structures are then 90 to 125 feet set back from the bluff edge. Harold and his team are extremely confident in their data. Still, a letter from the Surfrider Foundation suggests that Zephyr's numbers are not as conservative as they claim. We think that the setbacks are entirely optimistic and will result in, you know, loss of so-called promised trails and possibly the addition of, of seawalls at the location because they'll have to protect structures. Jim Jaffe co-leads the Beach Preservation Committee with the Surfrider Foundation. The organization's letter references studies from the Del Mar Beach Club, which are condos in Solana Beach that sit directly across from the proposed site, and from the Army Corps of Engineers. Both studies found higher bluff erosion rates than what Zephyr's going off of. Those differences are raising a few red flags for Jaffe. Well, because this is one of the last untouched pieces of property along the coast in all, in all of San Diego County, definitely North County. And if it's done wrong, we're gonna end up with the same bad stories we've had up and down this coast over the last 20 to 50 years. In a phone call, Harold said Zephyr stands by their research, but he said their team will review the Surfrider Foundation letter. If the project makes it to the California Coastal Commission for review, that body can require Zephyr to adjust the setbacks if needed. You know, we've already voluntarily agreed to the most conservative building set setbacks along the California coast. Um, so I think we're already starting at a good place, but we look forward to, you know, working with our friends at the Surfrider Foundation. And uh, ultimately, you know, the California Coastal Commission will be the decision maker on the appropriate setbacks. In a more affluent community like Delmar, there's also the question of whether this type of development is necessary. Other cities across America rely on development to stimulate their economy. Carla Hayes in Solana Beach says she thinks this area just doesn't need it. She compared the Marisol Initiative to another project she recently learned about in Buffalo, New York. That's Zephyr CEO Brad Termini's hometown, and it's where he's leading a $200 million project to build a campus for a cannabis company he co-founded. From the tone of one Buffalo News article, residents and the city are looking forward to it. Brilliant. It's an absolutely great idea because Buffalo needs development. It needs a new industry. 
And so from my perspective, it's like, hey, guy, you know, why don't you go do something good for your community instead of messing with mine? If the zoning does get changed, Harold with Zephyr says they still have several more approvals to obtain before anything is finalized. Many of those meetings and processes will be open to the public to weigh in. By the way, with this project, there have also been concerns about the dog beach and that it might go away should hotel guests want a more peaceful vibe. Zephyr says beaches are not allowed to be made private since they're run by the California Coastal Commission, so the dogs won't be going anywhere for now. All right, that's all for this week on the North County Beat. To get in touch with us here at the Coast News, follow us on social media or drop us a line by email at northcountybeat.com at coastnewsgroup.com. We love to hear what you have to say, and we want to hear what you have to say so we can keep our content relevant and informative for everybody in the area who's out there listening. You also want to remember to pick up that print paper, The Coast News, every single Friday on stands across the county. There is a lot of great stuff in there. That's our bread and butter. Give it a look through. You won't regret it. So before we go, we've got a couple of people to thank. Contributing reporters Tawny McRae, Bethany Nash, Steve Paterski, and Stephanie Stang. Our editor-in-chief is Abraham Jewett. Our associate publisher is Chris Kidd. And our publisher is Jim Kidd. My name is Kelly Kyle. I am the host here. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to catch our next episode on Friday, February 21st. I hope you have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you soon.